0: Hawking Birds. Sweet,
1: sweet, 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 sweet. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Or Lean's Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club offers bird walks, lectures, and a quarterly newsletter all focused on the hundreds of bird species that pass through Rhode Island. Fall is the perfect time to bid farewell to the last of the summer migrants. Find us at OceanStateBirdClub.org and follow us on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club.
2: Good morning. Welcome to our show number 702. Well, folks at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology reported this week about some birders in Cape May, New Jersey, reporting more than 1,500 red-breasted nuthatches flying past their group in one day earlier this fall, a number they say that represents the highest single count for the species ever reported to the eBird online database. The lab's Matt Young, lumping in the nuthatches as what he calls honorary finches, says he thinks that we're in store in the eastern part of the U.S. at least for our best widespread multi-finch invasion in several years. He says that pine siskins are being reported in a few spots down along the Gulf Coast while a birder on Long Island counted nearly 2,700 pine siskins along with more than 2,200 purple finches on a single morning in late October. So it sounds as though it might be a big year for wintering finches and other avian winter visitors down here in the lower 48. But to tell us if that's really going to be the case, we are honored to welcome back to our Talking Bird studio, birding superstar, David <laughs> Clapp. Good morning, David.
3: <laughs> Good morning. You read somebody else's intro. <laughs> it said it right
2: here. This is the paper you handed no, that, that's me. That's right what before, my mother right wrote that, yeah. The yeah. Show. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, uh, well, David, you live on Cape Cod, and I used to live on Cape Cod, and I remember when I was down there back in the uh, 80s, evening grosbeaks were kind of like uh, the winter equivalent of American robins. They were so reliable. Yeah, it seemed they were hard. reliable, weren't yeah. they?
3: They'd come in, and in big masses, they'd feed on your sunflower seed. You could hold your hand out the door full of sunflower seed, and they'd just roll over it like little little bullies. You know, they're just, <laughs> they're just so obsessed with it. Uh, we rarely see them now. This this year there's been, oh, I don't know, a dozen, maybe more rep- reporting summit feeders, but mostly flyovers. They have a very heavy chip note, and you can hear them when they fly. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically are an east-west migrant. Coming, We thought they always came from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and they moved east to New England. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to have stopped a while ago. Mm-hmm. Whether it's more food available out there, less migration, fewer number of birds,
2: I don't know, but... Yeah, that's changed. Mike O'Connor uh, we will be talking to him later. He 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 had some arriving at his feeders while he was on the air with us last week. Really? So yeah. So yeah, the,
3: uh, yeah. Mike says a lot of things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> kind of makes it up. But I mean, it no. was not, it was good radio. That uh, was good know. radio. That's that's <laughs> interesting because uh, even in grosbeaks. They're such an attractive bird. They they'll sit in the tree mm-hmm. and it'll just look like seasonal ornaments out there. You know, the yellows and all the greens, and they're just a really a really pretty bird. Plus. They're sort of now they're unique, and it's really a treat to see them. You get mm-hmm. this that kind of migration change has happened a lot. We now get huge numbers of wintering robins in the red maple swamps along the eastern seaboard that we didn't get before. You know, things are changing. More bluebirds. I can remember Christmas counts where we had no bluebirds, mm-hmm. and now we'll have hundreds in most of the eastern. Eastern blue, uh, Christmas counts.
2: People are really on on the lookout for snowy owls, especially after that big eruption a few years yeah, ago. That was and fun. Uh, I guess we're starting to see a few here. Yeah, you know, they're starting
3: to come in. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Norman Smith, who's the sort of primary bander here in New England. Um, but there's been several reports of them on both the north shore and south shore of Massachusetts and further south, as I understand it. Long Island's had some.
2: So for most of the lower 48, if we can really make it that broad, uh, it looks like from what we're hearing like a big year for lots of wintering finches, right? Yeah,
3: it's hard. it's hard to predict. I mean, some years you get these early pulses that come through in late September, October, and into early November, and then it sort of flattens out. Um, mm-hmm. But typically, what ha- when it happens like this, we do have a big pulse of them. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to get them. Uh, a lot of times, they come all the way down through the Midwest, down through the Mississippi Valley, and then sort of veer off into Texas. And surprisingly, Texas will have lots of siskins and red poles, mm-hmm. and you may not be finding them in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Iowa, the Dakotas. Um, but the st- they'll pass through on their way down it's a little bit like what you see with snow buntings a lot of times you get snow buntings reported early and then they go somewhere to the south and we don't see them again till they migrate north again but um it's it's a good thing to have yeah it's a good thing to have um these these reports coming in and these projections i think it's going to be a good year for finches we've had a lot already
2: We're listening to a bird while we're talking with David Clapp, and we're listening to a bird that finches don't really like that much or any other feeder birds don't like, but I don't want to say more about it. It's our mystery bird, and this is a little preview of our mystery bird contest. Uh, Our bird is a small, long-tailed raptor with short, rounded wings, a small head, and a long, usually square-tipped tail. Adults are blue-gray above with horizontal reddish-orange bars on the breast. Our bird is an agile flyer that flies through dense woods to surprise their mostly songbird prey, can be found in most of the U.S. Some as year-round residents, some migrating to breed in Canada and to winter in Central America. That's our mystery bird. We have a whole raft of prizes from droll Yankees and from Larkwire, the download to your iOS device or online access to the Larkwire app that makes learning bird sounds a game plus, we have a special bonus prize: a twelve-ounce bag of delicious shade-grown, bird-friendly, birds and beans coffee. Wow! Yeah, so those That's are good prizes on the. That's
3: uh, another bird whose population's fluctuated too, and depending on where you live in the country, that particular long-tailed raptor with short, rounded wings that can fly <laughs> through dense forests, uh, chasing finches. By the way, um, mm-hmm. could have could be much more common now than it was, or much less common, just depending on where you are live. <laughs>
1: Extra, extra, read all about
2: it. Some of the stories and videos on our Facebook page uh, this week. On last week's show, we talked about new findings related to the dinosaur origin of bird lungs. On our Facebook page, we have more fascinating details about those findings, courtesy of National Geographic. Let's get the lead out. Our friends at National Audubon unpacked last weekend's New York Times op-ed about the ways lead ammunition harms birds and other creatures. We'll link you to the story. How a tiny bird, a tiny flightless bird that is, ended up on an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. We have the story there on our page. And we have a link to the newest installment of The Trumpeter. That's our Talking Birds electronic newsletter on our page this week. We invite you to check it out and subscribe if you like. Subscribing is completely, absolutely, one hundred percent free, which would explain why David uh, is a is a subscriber to. That's uh, the true, treasure,
3: and yeah? it's a, I, I enjoy free th- free things. I think it's nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we want to say uh, thank you uh, to some folks here. Among our favorite things on the show, right after having David Clapp in the studio with us, is being able to say thank you to uh, Talking Birds ambassadors. Ah. These are Talking Birds listeners who have agreed to hand out some of our cards to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. So we want to thank Rebecca R. from Xenia, Ohio. She says, I started birding about three years ago and am hooked. Love the show. Thank you from those of us in rural parts of the U.S., Xenia, Ohio, just outside of Dayton, I guess kind of between Columbus and Cincinnati. Uh, Thank you to Megan from Marblehead, Massachusetts, beautiful seaside community on the north shore here of our home state. And thank you to Ayapan Nyer from North Wales, Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. And he took a different route to becoming an ambassador. He called in and won our mystery bird contest last week identifying the roseate Spoonbill, and uh, then volunteered to become a talking birds ambassador so thank you Ayapan. he says i love the ask mike segment hope to visit the bird watchers general store and hopefully meet mike on my next visit when i'm in the area david david do you recommend that? i recommend
3: that? that i recommend meeting mike it's it'll be a high point in almost anyone's life all right
2: he yep. says keep up the good work congratulations on your 700th Episode That was a couple of weeks ago. and He says, uh, on a completely different note, if you're able to, please send a shout out to Green Turtle Bar and Grill. I recently dined at their location in North Wales, Pennsylvania, and was delighted to find they have replaced their plastic straws with paper straws. Uh, he says, unfortunately, they're not in Massachusetts, but what a great thing to do. While other companies are still talking about eliminating plastic straws and figuring out how to do it, here is a company which has already implemented it. Hopefully these efforts by businesses get recognized, and hopefully they will motivate more and more businesses to follow along. We need to do as much as we can to eliminate the menace of plastic straws. That's from IAPAN there in North
0: Wales, Pennsylvania. Everything,
2: Everything you can do helps. Indeed. Well, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join uh, Aya Pan and Wendy and William and Rebecca and uh, Megan and become part of the uh, Talking Birds family. And I just realized I didn't mention Wendy and William uh, as a, two more of our new ambassadors. They're down in beautiful Newport, Rhode Island. So thank you, Wendy and William. To become an ambassador, just go to the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. Choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's at TalkingBirds.com. Well, still to come on our show today, we'll talk more with David Clapp about seabirds and other things, and we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor that we mention there all the time here on the show. He gets way too much uh, it does, coverage he? here, yeah. but what can you do? On the Let's Ask Mike segment, talking about hawks at feeders and hats full of potatoes. Those things go together, you oh, know, just yeah, per- perfectly. Yeah. And up next, we'll meet the sea mouse, today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine, more than a quarter century birdwatching has North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Let's start today with the definition of the word histrionics. It's exaggerated emotional behavior calculated for effect. So you'd think a bird with the name histrionicus histrionicus would be a very demonstrative creature squawking loudly and making a pest of himself. But no, Histrionicus Histrionicus is a pretty quiet ocean and river dweller, one of whose nicknames is Sea Mouse. We'll hear the sound that gives it that nickname in a moment. But the name Histrionicus Histrionicus does make sense because his spectacular plumage speaks very loudly indeed. He gets his English name from characters in Italian comedy that wear masks. And colorfully painted costumes. Our featured feathered friend has many other nicknames, including totem pole duck, painted duck, white eyed diver, blue streak, and lords and ladies. By now, you may have figured out that our friend is the harlequin duck, here demonstrating why he's also known as the sea mouse. The harlequin duck is a bird of fast-moving water, breeding along rapidly flowing streams and wintering along rocky coastlines in the crashing surf in places like coastal Maine. In fact, more than half of the eastern North American population of harlequin ducks winters off the Maine coast. The spectacular male is slate blue with white bands bordered in black on the chest and neck, a white crescent in front of the eye with a white circular patch near the ear, also visible on the female, iridescent blue secondaries and a slate colored belly, and finished off with chestnut brown flanks. Histrionicus, Histrionicus, who lets his feathers do the talking. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend, the harlequin duck. <laughs> Thanks again for being with us on our show, number 702. We not only have the sea mouse, we have Mr. David Clapp also live with us here in the studio. He lets his feathers do the talking. Ta-da. Boy, that
3: this is a time of year when people who live along the coast or along the Mississippi Valley or something like that, even if you're near the only pond in the desert area, you start to look for migratory ducks, mm-hmm. especially the coastal ducks, and the harlequin is just a beauty. Uh, you can't always find them because they're usually associated with rocky areas, and most people go to beaches. But if you can find a rocky area, this is a time to go on eBird and check the mm-hmm. location nearest you that has harlequin ducks. Beautiful, beautiful duck. I mean, absolutely, it's like a wood duck of salt water
2: yeah just incredibly spectacular well we we've been talking about cape cod a lot today and we're not finished yet you live on cape cod i I used to live on cape cod and really my i think my favorite time watching birds was in the winter time going out to the beaches and seeing these rafts of scoters and eiders out there just amazing but we have wintering ducks coming down all across the country yeah they've yeah it happens
3: everywhere um, a lot of the ducks that we think of as freshwater ducks breed in central Canada, southern central Canada, northern United States, work their way down to the Gulf. Uh, so you get them all down the Mississippi River, all through those lowlands. Uh, you'll get all your pintail, redhead, shoveler, and, and teal, and these kind of things coming down. Mm-hmm. Then on the coast, you get the, that array of often not well-marked ducks, like scoters are typically black with a few white patches to help identify them, but they're just so capable. They're so well-adapted to where they are. They're diving in cold water. They're pulling up crabs and clams and things off the bottom in fairly deep water, I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes over 100 feet. You get things like what we used to call old squaw, which is now long-tailed duck. Right. Um, you get the eider duck, uh, king and common eider. You get a whole array of gulls that pass through at this time of year and then move on further south. Uh, this is a great time to be near the shore and coastal stuff. Here's somebody from Newport, Rhode Island, is one of the new, the new ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Great rocky shorelines there for mm-hmm. for winter ducks. Good stuff.
2: And we're seeing ducks, uh, of course, in, in the middle of the country as well. Yeah,
3: there. It, uh, yeah, you get all. like I say all those freshwater ducks mm-hmm. come down, and then many of the uh, what we consider to be bay ducks, mm-hmm. bufflehead, goldeneye, and others will move through the central part of the country too, uh, as well as loons and gannets mm-hmm. and other things that are leaving those northern coastal areas and passing down along our coast. Off the coast of California you'll get three or four species of loon all winter. Uh, and the same here on the the uh, New England coast. We get common loons wintering off Florida and Georgia quite commonly, regularly.
2: David Clapp here in the studio with us. And we'll be back with more from David. And we'll talk with Mike O'Connor. And we'll talk with uh, folks calling in in our mystery bird contest, which is coming along next in just one minute. <coughs> Well, here's a preview of another great nature book from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, publishers of the Peterson Field Guides, the Kaufman Field Guides, and many more useful guidebooks and reading books. The Guide to Walden Pond is the first guidebook to Henry David Thoreau's most defining place, visited by half a million people each year. Many more know it as the fountainhead of America's environmental consciousness. Using this guide, both armchair readers and trail walkers can join thorough devotee Robert Thorson on an amble around the pond's shoreline, stopping at 15 special places to explore people, events, and the natural world. Abundantly illustrated with photographs, drawings, and maps, this guide is a must-have for a meaningful, engaging tour of Walden Pond, as well as a souvenir of a visit. The guide to Walden Pond is available wherever books are sold. Right before our Mystery Bird Contest, a message from the folks who make our favorite coffee. That, of course, is Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. And it's a special message because right now you can get 12, 12 12-ounce bags of delicious Birds and Beans coffee at 25% discount. That's 25% off the price of this beautiful coffee assortment. Three bags of Scarlet Tanager Dark Roast. Three chestnut sided warbler, medium roast. Two American redstart, light roast. Two wood thrush, medium roast. One Baltimore Oriole decaf. And one kingbird espresso. Twelve 12 ounce bags for just $120. And that's a 25% discount. And wouldn't a coffee lover on your list love to have this as a holiday gift? Remember, Birds and Beans is the only coffee brand in the U.S that is 100% certified Smithsonian shade-grown bird-friendly coffee and USDA organic and fair trade certified. Every bean in every bag helps family farmers and their workers and helps save birds tropical forests, local rural economies and the earth we all share and it's delicious coffee. Take advantage of this big discount offer and please don't wait. Order yours today at Birds and Beans Coffee com. That's birdsandbeanscoffee.com. That is our mystery bird. Can you tell us what it is? Take a guess or tell us definitively by calling this number, 781-837-4900. And David, as you may, a unique feature of our contest is that you don't necessarily have to get the right answer to win our contest. If nobody else gets the right answer... Because we'll do a drawing from among all near-correct answers received. Oh, that's good. I thought you would like that. Yeah, Our prizes? I do. <laughs> Our, I think somebody's going to get this one, though. I think so, too, but yeah. we'll see. Our prizes include the new generation 13-inch metal finch sock from Joel Yankees. It combines the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal, and it holds a full pound of Niger Seed. A.K.A. Thistle Seed. Bonus prize is a download to your iOS device or online access to the Larkwire app. That's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That's a pretty cool thing. And a 12 ounce bag of delicious shade-grown, bird-friendly Birds and Beans coffee. Those are the prizes. Our clues again. Our mystery bird is a small, long-tailed raptor with short, rounded wings, a small head, and a long, usually square-tipped tail. Adults are blue-gray above with horizontal reddish-orange bars on the breast. Our bird is an agile flyer that flies through dense woods to surprise their mostly songbird prey. Found in most of the U.S., some as year-round residents. What is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. 781-837-4900. Just a little disclaimer, we're going to hear from David Clapp in just a moment here in association with Nasera. Safaris, we're going to hear you oh. talking about that. Uh, David. I just got, got a back Wednesday or Thursday from, from Tanzania. Africa, yeah. Wow! All right, um, let's ask Mike with Mike O'Connor in just one minute.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Tanzania hosts more than a 1,000 bird species, and on safari with Nasera Safaris, you'll see the birds and the
1: big five. The lion, leopard, elephant, rhino, and Cape Buffalo.
2: That's Nasera Safaris founder and guide, Joseph Dunguru. And Nasera Safaris provides more, says co-founder
3: David Clapp. We offer customized safaris and mountain climbing adventures in Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda, and gorilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda.
2: Going on safari in Africa is an unforgettable experience, and there's no better way to do it than with Nasera Safaris. See their website for details, naserasafaris.com, N-A-S-E-R-A, Nasera Safaris. From Tanzania to, uh, I don't know, I was going to say Truro. That's the closest thing I could come up with with a, a T. But it's actually Orleans on Cape Cod, where Mike Connor holds forth at the Bird Watcher's General
0: Store. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, uh, Ray, and, uh, and you're a guest. i <laughs>
2: have <We've> forgotten <laughs> his name already. <laughs>
3: Good morning, whoever you
2: are, yeah. <laughs> It says here you want to talk about hawks at feeders and hats full of potatoes. I don't... Uh,
0: well, I, I well, think if David, David Clapp can go on and plug whatever he's got for this <laughs> week. That's right, Ray. It's our annual free hat full of potatoes day. It's coming up this Saturday, November 17th. And if you show up at our shop with a hat, see there's a key, we'll fill it up, fill it up with free potatoes. I thought Which you is, said if you
2: show up with a hat, you'll fill it up with free potatoes. That's, that, you heard that right. That was that's right. That's exactly
0: okay. right. We've been doing this for over 25 years, and we give them away just in time for Thanksgiving because if people fill up on potatoes, they'll, they'll, they won't eat turkeys, and, eat, and we save millions of turkeys wow. each year. Yeah, nice. Like 25 years ago, did you ever see a turkey when you were driving down the road? No, no you did right. But now they're everywhere, mm-hmm. so you're welcome.
2: Yeah, I never even saw any potatoes when I was driving down the road, for
0: that matter. But, uh, so, so even a lot of, I mean, I know Ben & Jerry's has a giveaway where they give away free ice cream, or sometimes IHOP gives away pancakes, but yeah. they're just giving away stuff that they already have. They're getting rid of old inventory. We right. get these potatoes in fresh, each, they haven't even dug them out of the ground yet, and they're wow. coming in this yeah. week, and you come in, and uh, but if you don't have a hat, then just keep going. Yeah, keep moving, and, and
2: and people bring in some pretty large hats for this, don't they?
0: Oh, they hockey helmets, and <laughs> firefighters hats, and bakers hats, and cowboy hats, and stocking hats, wow. and we don't care. We'll fill them up. And there's one guy; he's from Brewster, and he shows up in like four or five different disguises, trying to fool me. And I <laughs> said, David Clapp, can you just let the kids get through here? Oh, it's, David, it's an uh, exciting day, right? So you you yeah. might want to come by. Drive down in your fancy electric car, and uh, we'll we'll hook you up.
2: All right, and I'll park next to your fancy electric car. But more <laughs> on that later. Um, okay, that's on uh, November seventeenth, Saturday. Yeah, we're right? open.
0: Uh, uh, yep, nine seventeen to five eleven. That's our hours. All right, bring well, day anybody can come, and you, you listeners. I know your listeners all over the in North America. Um, you know, so somebody out there in New Mexico, if it's time to jump yeah. in the car and come out there for your potatoes, it would be well worth the drive.
2: Well, we have our friend, our new ambassador, Aya Pan, there in North Wales, Pennsylvania. He's planning to visit you soon. Maybe he can move up his trip and make it on uh, next Saturday.
0: I, 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 that would be worth it. I think he should do that. I think he should, he, that would be well worth the potatoes. You know, I'll even sneak in an extra spud if, uh, oh. if he identifies himself.
2: All right. That's a deal. All right, that's do we have time to talk about the hawks at feeders? That was our uh,
0: You know topic, what? We can do this another time. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got that big shot guest on there, and he needs more airtime. So we're going to let him talk a little bit about it. Plus, you know, it might spoil a mystery bird, so I don't want to mess with that either. Oh, so that's we'll, right. Uh, yeah, oh, that, yeah that that's that
2: could, true. That could yeah. spoil our mystery bird if you mention any particular <laughs> species of, uh, of, of hawks at the feeder. Thanks for that, Mike. It really saved us a little. Yeah, uh, trouble. I did.
0: I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to be a conflict of interest because I know I don't want that going on. There, I don't
2: want sure. it to be like the time I actually mentioned the name of the mystery bird. <laughs> My mystery bird <laughs> <That's contest. laughs> but uh, okay, so we'll talk about hawks at feeders next uh, week. Then maybe. That's
0: right. and I'll see you all Saturday. Saturday okay.
2: at the Hat Full of Potatoes oh, yeah. Day, Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans. I've been, I've been saving hats, Cape Cod. Yeah. You can only bring one hat, I think. Uh, oh. Sorry about that, David. Oh. But bring a bunch of friends with a bunch of hats. Yeah, will yeah. be You'll be all set. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Let's see. We're back at the Mystery Bird uh, Contest. I guess we've narrowed it down just a little bit in terms of what, uh, what this bird might be. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. It's a small, long-tailed raptor with short, rounded wings, a small head, and a long, usually square-tipped tail. Adults are blue-gray above with horizontal, reddish-orange bars on the breast. It's an agile flyer that can careen through dense woods to surprise their mostly songbird prey. What is it? 781-837-4900. And David, I think we have Patty in Roxbury, Vermont, calling in. Good morning, Patty. Hello, Patty. Patty, if I'm not mistaken, if this is the Patty that I think it is, is another of our Talking Birds ambassadors representing Roxbury, Vermont. But if she's not on the phone with us, we'll have to uh, yep. kind of talk to Patty in another time, I guess, right? Sure. And she okay. called in early but she probably just a lot got tired of waiting take a
3: nap at about this time of yeah. day.
2: well mike wouldn't stop talking so she probably <laughs> said i'm not going to sit around here all day <laughs> we have uh, anna in san diego california good morning anna
0: good morning ray oh. and david good morning.
2: good morning good good birding in san diego uh
0: i've only i'm a beginner so i uh, i can't see anything a, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great place
2: to start Yes.
0: Every
3: place yes. to start.
2: There's, there's nothing like being a beginning birder because oh, every time you go out, you, you see something new. Yeah. That's pretty
0: exactly. cool. Exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you haven't yeah. seen anything yet, you said. That's
1: right. right. <laughs> <laughs> My list is short.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Well, um,
1: yes. I'd like to guess a sharp shinned hawk.
2: Uh, David, a sharp shin sauce. That's hawk
3: actually hawk? not a guess. I think she really knows. She knows what it is. Look at <laughs> that.
2: See that? You know more than you than you think you do already, Anna. For a beginner. Can you imagine? Yeah, not yeah. bad. Thank you. sharp shin hawk is absolutely right. And, uh, Anna, if you'll stay on the line, we will arrange to send you that uh, nice little raft of prizes.
1: All right. Thank you.
2: Okay. You're welcome. Thank you, Anna. They're in San Diego, California. By the way, I noticed uh, I see Scott uh, from Waupun, Wisconsin uh, also calling in, and Scott, um, we don't have time to grab your call right now, but we're going to mention uh, about Scott next week because he's doing this Big Bee thing up, the uh, big green birding year up in Wisconsin, oh. and we have a little update on what he's up to with oh. that, and we'll talk about it on uh, next week's show. But thank you, Scott, for calling in I this morning. Those
3: yeah. Vermont, California, Wisconsin—I mean, that just shows how widespread how wonderful and how just entertaining birding can be people look at birds all over
2: the place great hobby great only, thing to it do it only happens when you're on the show no okay. no, no.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> hey we're going to talk next time you're here uh, about ecotourism right you sure i'd love yeah. to okay yeah that's a great topic, and uh, it's a huge thing. Oh, I mean, it's, it's become a, a, big de- a big deal in the past 40 years. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, we are just about out of time. Next week, we'll be joined by a couple of Talking Birds ambassadors who are also doing some great stuff with golden eagles up in north-central Colorado. Kevin and Roxane, uh, Roxanne Reardon will be our guests to talk about golden eagles on our next show. Thanks to Mark Duffield and Debbie Bleacher and our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. Thank you, David Clapp. Pleasure, and we'll see you next week. Talking birds,
1: <laughs> made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, or Leans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com by Birds and Beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. Birdsandbeans.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club offers bird walks, lectures, and a quarterly newsletter all focused on the hundreds of bird species that pass through Rhode Island. Fall is the perfect time to bid farewell to the last of the summer migrants. Find us at OceanStateBirdClub.org and follow us on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club.